Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Well, good evening, everyone. We are so glad that you are joining us for our Christmas Eve Eve service here at Cowboy Junction Church. And our first part of tonight is for our littles. How many littles do we have in the house? Can you holler at me? I can't see you, so yell. Hey! It's the only time we're going to tell you to yell. So tonight we're going to kick off our service with a story. Does anybody want to hear a story? Okay, the title, the title of our book tonight is called The Noisy Night by Jill Roman Lord. It may have been a silent night when Jesus came to earth, or it may have been a noisy night to celebrate his birth. I wonder if the cows all mooed. The horses must have neighed. No! Could little goats have bleated loud and led the grand parade while chickens clucked and duckies quacked to celebrate the boy, the birdies chirped. And the donkeys braid. And all the mice squeaked with joy. Squeak, squeak, squeaker. The angels broke the silence on the hillside with their song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They sang their hallelujahs as the shepherds hummed along. I think, I think, I think the sheep began to baa. And raccoons, they made a peep. Hey, yo, 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 Jesus, welcome! The crickets chirped. Oh, no, that's y'all's part. That's how you are on Sunday morning when Pastor Ty's preaching. The coyotes howled. No creature stayed asleep. The shepherds must have hollered as they spread the news around. Perhaps the town folk danced and sang and added to the sound. The camels must have snorted when the eastern star appeared. (laughs) And when the kings arrived at last, I wonder if they cheered. With moos and neighs and bleats of joy, with clucks and quacks of praise, the animals all celebrated in their special ways. 
With chirps and squeaks and brays and peeps and angels singing loud, with shouts and dancing, snorts and cheers, it must have been quite loud. Yes, Jesus is our Savior and a gift from God above. He brings us hope and peace and joy and everlasting love. It's hard to stay so silent when we've heard the greatest news. Let's celebrate our Savior's birth with neighs and chirps and moos. But that's not right, because we are not those horses, cows, or birds. But we can celebrate our Lord with actions, songs, and words. Let's spread the love of Jesus Christ and good news with delight. Let's share his peace and joy like that first noisy Christmas night. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everyone. We're so glad that you guys are here. Would you join us? Would you stand to your feet? We're going to sing a timeless Christmas song tonight together about Jesus' birth. It's called The First Noel. And I just want to encourage all of you. Uh, you've probably been hearing this song your whole life. So let's sing it out. Let's sing it loud. Amen. Here we go. The first Noel the angel did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so
sing it again. And no
church.
Merry Christmas. So tonight we have come to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. And um, yeah, we want to welcome everybody on our online campus. So glad you're watching. We don't even have room for you here. There's no room in the end for you. So it's a good thing you stayed home today. Everybody here, what an awesome worship time that we just had. But I just want to encourage you um, to take a moment and let's just close our eyes. And um, let's just stop and pause and think about this incredible gift we were given in a faraway country, this incredible mother and father who were on a rescue mission for the earth. And this night is the night that we celebrate because we don't know what night it was, but we picked this night to stop and pause and think about a gift that none of us earned that none of us could have afforded, that none of us even thought was possible, that we could have a way back to our Father. It was Jesus. And so let's search our hearts real quick. So Father, we come to you. We want to stop and pause. And we want to say thank you for sending your Son. But at the same time, Jesus, we want to thank you for, for being here. And having the kingdom of your Father on your mind and heart so that you would be willing to become human. And today I just pause as this church pauses and we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Each and every one of us in individual ways as we honor you and praise you. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I asked the worship team to sing the song that they're about to sing. Because 13 years ago, it was Fabian and Leslie and an Abby, who wasn't a haggard at the time, sat down and they wrote this song. For 13 years, it has given us so much joy in this church. It talks about hope and the hope that Jesus brings. And let me just stop and just, just tell you real quick. If you're in this room and you feel hopeless, I want you to listen to this song because the world was hopeless. We were lost. But one of the things that Jesus brings is he brings the hope, the hope that we don't have to stay where we're at, that we now have a promise in Jesus, fulfilled by him, that we are now citizens of heaven, sons and daughters of the most high God, grafted into the family of God by the son of God, Jesus. And you have hope. You have hope, not by good behavior. You have hope, not because you go to church, but you have hope because the King of kings and the Lord of lords says, if you would come to me, I would come to you. And hope is alive.
redemption song was a baby's cry on a holy
Welcome to Christmas Eve Eve at Cowboy Junction Church. Thanks, Johnny. And um, I, uh, I, I, I'm glad y'all still keep this tradition. For all the young folks in the room, that's pretty much everybody, right? So for all the young folks in the room, let me explain something real quick. When I was a young boy growing up, mom had her reasons for doing things. And one of the things that she held dear was on Christmas Eve, we would always go to a Christmas Eve service. Didn't even matter if it was at our church or another church, we would always make sure we go. Now, I am a connoisseur of Christmas Eve services. By far, the Baptists preach the word, okay? The Assembly God, they get a little crazy, and it could be a two-hour Christmas Eve service, but they nailed it. But the Methodists, I'm here to tell you, had the market on Christmas Eve services. Now, over the years of me attending Christmas Eve services, mom would sometimes try to hit all three, okay? <laughs> and we would make a tradition out of going to all the Christmas Eve messages that we could go to. Now, let me just tell you about what it was like growing up back in the day. We didn't have a lot of money. And I know, when you hear someone say that, you always think, well, we didn't have a lot of money either. Listen, when your mom gives you underwear and socks for Christmas because you need them and makes a scavenger hunt out of it, <laughs> let me just say, we pulled together as a family during Christmas time. Mom always took care of us. Dad did too. But it was a moment that we especially had to stop and pause and think about the main things being the main things. For us, Christmas Eve service was a time that we removed ourselves from all the things the world wanted us to think about and to think about the main thing. So tonight, tonight's me carrying on tradition. Our boys, Heather and I's boys are here. Hudson's running camera. Brady's, uh, Brady's running some stuff. But in the midst of it, I want to welcome you here, and I want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, you could have been in a million different places tonight, but the fact that you're here warms my heart because you made a priority two days before Christmas to put, make the main thing the main thing. And so tonight, wasn't that worship incredible? Yes, yes. I thought the raccoon was especially wonderful. <laughs> but in Christmas tradition, I would like to go to the Word of God. And I would like to read you the story that changed the world's history. Where we were and where we are is completely different because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And this story, though we may have heard it a million times, there could be someone here today 
that this is the very first time they've ever heard it. So I would like for everyone to hear it for the first time all over again. And I'm going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading verse 26. It's not just a manger scene. We have to go back a little bit more. It says in verse 26 in Luke chapter 1, In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth's village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, he said. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then we jump to Luke chapter 2, and this is what it says. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken with Quirinius, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth to Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes with strips of linen and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the lodge. And that night, there were angels staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory showed all around them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and strips of clothes laying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on peace and on earth and peace on earth to those to whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. 
the shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Father, today I pray that the reading of our scripture would reveal itself in the hearts of each person who have just heard it. And today, Jesus, I pray that you would meet with us. Holy Spirit, show us why is this supposed to be something that opens our ears and opens our hearts. Show us the kingdom. Show us your will. Father, tonight I pray that in the short time that we have tonight, you would heal hearts. You would untangle minds. You would heal bodies. You would touch souls. Today, Father, I pray for families that you would mend them back together. And Father, we, today we rejoice in knowing that for us in this room, we celebrate you and everything that you are. Lead us, guide us, show us. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. There's not one person in this room that he didn't come for. Oh, I mean, seriously. The more and more that I talk to people nowadays, the more and more that I realize that most people feel alone like never before. Heck, you can be in a room crowded with people and still feel alone. But even the angels made a big deal about this day. And the angel Gabriel, who announced it to Mary and told, him, told her what was going to happen, turned to her and said, don't be afraid. You're highly favored. God hadn't forgotten you. God loves you so much. Mary, this is amazing that he picked you. But at the same time, he picked shepherds. Now, now think about shepherds for a minute. We're not talking about shepherds in today's day and age. We're talking about shepherds that were really guys that just lived out in the middle of nowhere and just watched sheep all day. They probably stunk. They weren't popular. They weren't the kind of guys you'd give the best news to. But it was the angel who went to them, and they were excited about it. On, born on this night is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And go, go, see for yourself. And as soon as you see it, tell everybody you know. This was a big deal. But it's a big deal if you can stop and realize that this announcement was for you even before the earth even knew who you were. You matter that much to God. I, I know as I say it, I think, I wonder if they get it. I wonder if they really get it. But I want you to understand with all that I have, I have no other better way to explain this to you than that he came for you and you alone. If it was only you, he came for you. The beautiful part about this story is that it's a, it's a Jewish story. But Jesus begins in his teaching to explain that this is the story that will go beyond the Jewish people to the whole world. Greeks, Gentiles, all kinds of people will be spread around the world. This amazing story of a Savior being born. It's amazing when you look at the details of the Christmas story and you see the people that weren't even a part of the Jewish lineage that were celebrating this moment and rejoicing over the birth of a Savior they didn't even know they needed. But after they saw this grand entrance of this young boy, the stories began to put together of this rescue mission for the world. 
And the rescue mission was both for you and for me. It's not a heaven or hell story only. It's bigger than that. Anybody who would just call it a heaven or hell story is missing the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is it's a family story. It's a story of a father going to rescue his kids. If God wanted to be anything other than a father, he would have called you anything other than his children. You. Kids who didn't even know they had dads. Kids that didn't even know they had a father. But a father who never forgot his children, even when they walked away. And who could be the worst sinner in this room? You're looking at him right here. And what a joyful time to stop and pause and jump in the truck and drive down the road, which I've done really often lately. And I've just kind of rejoiced in this moment of turning to God at the age that I'm at today and saying, God, thank you. Thank you that it makes more sense to me than it's ever made before. And it's going to make more sense as the years come. But can I turn to you and tell you, God knows who you are. God knows your story. He knows your circumstances. He knows exactly where you're at. And God is not done with your story yet. But a part of your story has to be a moment. And this is just kind of how it is. We as your family are rooting you on and cheering you on and, and we're believing big things but can I honestly turn and say if you never choose him he can't do anything he promises that's a big reminder for every one of us and it's a moment that Christmas time is a time that when you listen to the words of the song and you listen to the Christmas story again, you're reminded of everything God did, but we forget sometimes one thing. You still have to choose Him. You still have to want Him. You still have to desire His path. And all it takes, and this is so simple, is just faith. Simple faith. How hard is it to choose God's plan for your life? As simple as in your seat saying, God, I am tired of choosing everything else and not you. And I choose you. This Christmas story means a lot to us in the Bean family. My mom thought she knew Jesus. But it was only until she was asked by our pastor in Artesia to head up the Christmas play at our church that she said yes to that she sat down and realized you know if I'm going to direct the Christmas play in the church I better re read the Christmas play and she opened up her Bible and she began to read the story of Jesus and she couldn't put it down and she began to read more about how it was the birth of the Son of God but he turned into the Lamb of God and the Lamb of God turned into the sin of the world. Because he absorbed all the sin of the world on the cross. And it was a part of the big picture rescue plan. And on the cross, they pulled him off and laid him in the grave. And he was dead for three days. But he did exactly what he said he would do. I will not stay dead. And three days later, this Jesus rose from the grave conquering death hell and the grave and we rejoice in this place tonight because today is kind
kind of the starting story of the big picture of everything Jesus did. But you still have to choose Jesus. My mom was sitting there reading the Christmas play and she was just crying. I say the Christmas play, she was reading her Bible. And she was studying what it meant. When should the wise men come in? What did, what did Joseph say? What, what did the angels say? And make sure it's Gabriel. We gotta make sure we gotta get, get a good Gabriel. Get the loudest kid in kids' church. Get a, get, get a good Gabriel. And it turned from a story to a reality. And my mom realized that she knew Jesus, but she had never accepted Jesus as her Savior. And a long time ago, 1971, 72, and I'm reminded of it because my mom pulled out all the old pictures the other day, and she actually showed us the pictures of the actual Christmas play that she directed. But beyond directing, she showed us the Christmas play that caused her to reread the Jesus story and the day that she accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. My life was affected by the choice my mom made back in the 1970s in the Methodist church in Artesia, New Mexico on a Christmas play. And I turn to you and say, our family has never been the same. We have walked with the Lord and we have seen the goodness of God, but it always still boiled down to choosing his path. The Bible says that you know someone is saved if they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and they believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from everything that wants to destroy you. Saved from every sin you've ever made. Rescued from a curse that perhaps generations and generations and generations have gone through the same poor, awful choices all because a family never knew anything different. But when you choose Jesus and God's family and you choose to follow Him, it's in that very moment that it breaks all hold on you. Whether generational or whether personal choices or, or, or anything this world would label you at And the Bible calls it to be born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't happen from good preaching. It doesn't happen from going to a good church. All those things are wonderful, but they're a byproduct of a decision you make to choose Jesus' plan for your life. Today, I'm going to ask you to pull out this little plastic thing that, that the ushers gave you. This is our uh, communion. It looks a little different, but it, it, it still works. The reason why I wanted to tell you the story of salvation before we take this is because it's very important that we stop and pause and realize that Christmas leads to the cross. And it's at the cross that Jesus became our sin. And he died. But he rose again like we know he did. And the evidence shows that he did. And we celebrate this come Easter time. And tonight we're going to take communion. But if we don't take it correctly, we're really missing out. 
if we don't take communion correctly, all you are is holding grape juice and, and, and a cracker. And communion's way more than that. Jesus turned to the disciples in his last meal with them. And he turned and he picked up a loaf of bread. And he broke the bread. And he turned to him and he said, this is my body. It will be broken for you. And it confused them. They were frustrated with him. Like, Jesus, you're the son of God. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. We're going to show these people who are going to come get you. They're going to they're get it tomorrow. I just know they are. You're the son of God. You're going to call angels down. Nothing's going to happen to you. But the whole plan was to rescue the world. And in order to do that, he had to become the perfect sacrificial lamb. And he held the bread. And he said, everything that I have taught you, everything I know, everything I've seen with my own eyes about my Father's kingdom, I make it available for you. And the reason why the bread is so important for everybody in this room is because the devil will try to convince you that you don't have the answers and you have to live in a world of confusion and you'll never know what to do. And according to Jesus, when he broke that bread, he told every one of us, I now give you everything I know to go be who I've called you to be. You have what you need to be everything you need to be in Christ Jesus because you are in Christ Jesus. And so these voices we hear that tells us that we're not where we need to be, we don't have the answer, we can't make good choices, this is just the way that I am. I would say differently. Jesus says differently. And you have the ability to stop and pause and say, everything I have comes from Christ Jesus and then Jesus picked up the cup it was wine but it was the color of the wine that was the most important it was the representation of his blood the blood was a very important thing it was his blood that he would shed that would be the sacrifice for the world so that all would know God's plan for everyone who believes. And so we're going to take communion. But before we do, I just want you to bow your heads real quick. Why in the world would we celebrate forgiveness if we can't give forgiveness? Why in the world would we receive such an incredible gift if we wouldn't be willing to tell someone about this incredible gift. Before we take such a precious, precious thing, can we just search our hearts real quick? In your seat right there with your eyes closed, no one looking around, would you just allow Holy Spirit to search your heart? Is there anything that you just need to get right with God right now? Maybe ask for forgiveness. Could there be something that has just come in between you and God and your relationship? Maybe you're in the room and you would say, I have never accepted Christ as my Savior. But you know what? You can do that right in your seat right now. You can just simply say a simple prayer. Jesus, I'm tired of running from you. Please forgive me of my sins. 
I'm ready to follow you. Thank you. Thank you for becoming the lamb for me. And you know what? If you just prayed that prayer, all of heaven is rejoicing right now because of the decision you made to follow Jesus. Let me ask you this other question. Is there anybody in your heart right now that you just have no love for? Un, just, 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 you just don't have any forgiveness for them. And can I turn to you and say, you will never know the power of God and His forgiveness that He has for us if we can't offer forgiveness to other people. And would you just right now just turn to God and, and, and say, God, it's hard for me to trust them. But God, it's hard for me to love them too. But God, if I can do anything, I can right here in this service forgive them. And they might have hurt you big time. But can you imagine the joy you're going to feel when you give God that unforgiveness? And say, Father, I, I, I forgive them. I forgive them right now. Father, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you open up their ears to hear what I heard tonight. And would you let God start something in you that you thought was never possible, but you're going to value his forgiveness because you're able to offer forgiveness? Or let me say it differently. You're going to be able to give forgiveness because you value God's forgiveness. What's Holy Spirit talking to you about right now? I'm just going to give you a few seconds. Just have a conversation with him. Get some things off your chest. And Father, it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. All God's people said, amen. Take the cup. Make sure you hold the cup with a little wafer up, okay? And then just take the top off. then you can turn the cup over, but wait just a minute. Take your little cracker, and I turn to you and say, church, body of Christ, he broke the bread to represent the breaking that his body would take. He taught us. He lived with us. He showed us. You search his word, and you see his way, his truth, and his life. As you take this cracker, I want it to be more than that for you. That in Christ Jesus, we have all things for his glory. This is the body of Christ broken just for you. Now you can take the top off the second part. We've got cement floors. It's okay, folks. Just rub it in. He picked up the glass. And he said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. Every time you take it, do it in remembrance of me. And he shed his blood. And he died so that we could have life. And life more abundantly. You are not the same person you used to be. 
You are not of the generations of the people that came before you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And all things have been made new. All because of his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. Jesus, thank you for your precious blood. Take Heather, will you help me? Before the worship team comes up and we sing one last song, in the tradition of Christmas Eve, Eve at Cowboy Junction, let's remember one incredible thing that Jesus said. Jesus turned one day and said, you are the light of the world. But the only reason that he said that you are the light is because he is the light. And this is the season of lights. This is why Christmas trees have lights on them. That's why lights is such a big deal come Christmas time. One of the most important things that I want you to know, that if today you've accepted Christ as your Savior, maybe a minute ago when we were searching our hearts, the thing that took place is once there was no life, your life had no life, my life had no life, Our marriage had no life. There's just no life. But where there's Jesus, there is life. And not just life, but life abundantly. You can see it in the way that somebody lives. You can see it in the way two people are in marriage together. You can see it in how they raise their kids. It's completely out of their ability. And it's only through Christ Jesus that anything good ever comes out. But not only is it life, but the Bible says that the darkness has to flee because of the light that is in Christ Jesus. Take a look at this room. This room is dark. It's purposely dark for a reason. Because Jesus now turns and says, you can't keep your light hidden. I didn't keep my light hidden, Jesus said. I came to be with you. And I am the light of the world. And then he turns and says, share. Share what I do. And this is the story of what Christmas is. It's not just the light coming to us. But it's the story of us sharing the life and the light with others. Can I share mine with you? I got to move slow. Will you share it? Hey, will you, will you come here? Can I share my light with you? Come here. Now, you better be careful, okay? It's fire. Yeah, you got this? I trust you. You're awesome. Okay. Can I share my light with you? And in this very dark room, you begin to see something pretty awesome happen. You begin to see, once there was darkness... And now there's light. Would you please stand to your feet? Hold your light up. You can look around. It's pretty cool. The last and final thing that we're going to do here tonight is the worship team is going to lead us in an old 
traditional song come Christmas time. And it is a constant reminder of what we do when we leave here. You are the light to the world. And the world has this light because the light lives inside of you. Today I pray that it gets in you in 2022 like never before. That this is one of the greatest callings we could ever receive. To go be the light of Jesus in this dark world. Is the world a dark place? Absolutely. But it doesn't get darker than the light of Jesus. And the light of Jesus repels the darkness. Love always wins. Love always wins. Love always wins. And in this last and final song, let's remember this light.
Isn't he the Lord of all? Come on, isn't he the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Amen, amen, I know we just sang Silent Night, but you don't have to be silent at that part. It's good. Amen. It's good. God is good. Amen? What an incredible time tonight. We want you to remember that in everything that you do, whether you're traveling all over the place to meet with family, whether you're staying here, whatever it is that you're going to do, when you leave with this in your heart, that Jesus was Lord, is Lord, will be Lord, no matter what you face this Christmas season, no matter what you have to look forward to with family or situations, Amen. You'll, we all know how that goes, right? No matter what it is, you'll always have the true meaning of Christmas, which amen. is Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen and amen.